0: Hey, hey! Welcome to another episode of Relationship Over Religion. So, I wanted to take care of some housekeeping right off the bat. Um, The first week, I uploaded four episodes. Second week, it was three episodes. I'm gonna cut it down to two. We'll have new episodes on Mondays. And I haven't decided if it's gonna be Wednesdays or Thursdays, but um, I do wanna let you guys know that. Um, I was really excited in the beginning and was just like gung ho, record, 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 upload, 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 you know, but there's a lot that goes into this and I didn't realize at first, so I need to pace myself and I'm figuring this out as I go. So forgive me through this process. So, day 10, we skipped 8 and 9 because those were left for catch-up through the I Am Challenge. Because it was hitting us hard, y'all. We needed time to adjust and sit with the feelings behind all these journal entries. I know I did, and a lot of the other people who were participating in it needed to, too. So, day 10 is observation. The mantra is... I am listening. You know, after being honest in the last one, <clears throat> listening just makes sense, right? So it, it's, the prompt is observe your thoughts like a tiny speck under a magnifying glass today. What reoccurring thoughts do you notice? Is there a theme in the way you speak to yourself? Consider the tone, words, and energy of your narration of your day how you speak to yourself, and how you speak to yourself about the people and the experiences you have. How does it feel when you observe the content of your monkey mind? Journal on what comes up without judgment. Include which thoughts feel really good and which ones don't feel so good, including the in-between. Notice how your core values shape and affect your thought processes. And I encourage all of you guys to do this challenge as well. Um, it's so revealing. So here I go. I am listening. I quoted something that um, I found in my devotional on this day, and I'm forgive me for pronunciation, I'm not sure, but it was it's quoted by somebody Ranero Cantalamasa, Mesa. And he said, the more you are called to speak the more you are called to listen and that hit me hard that day so i wrote it down before my journal entry (sighs) i am listening to you lola i hear you and i see you lola is a nickname that my family gave me when i was young it's what they always called me i really didn't even answer to sylvia because they called me that my whole life. <clears throat> Sidebar, I need to get this out. It's kind of tough because when my dad got remarried, I told you his wife's name was Lily. And her family happened to nickname her with the same nickname. So when, he, when my dad married her, he basically stopped calling me that. And he started calling me Sylvia. And it hurt so much I don't even think I've ever even had a conversation with him about it it just it's tough to it took me a long time to process and you know get over it and I probably still haven't because even needing to take this sidebar out of the journal entry and say this shows me that it's it still hurts me in some way so I'm listening okay back to what I wrote You weren't happy yesterday when no one was listening to you about the stairs. Oh, Culver City Stairs. I, I went hiking with my husband Robert and my friend Zavi. And I didn't want to go up the stairs. So, you weren't happy yesterday when you when no one was listening to you about the stairs, not going up them. And the sore throat after was you trying to get my attention. I'm sorry I didn't hear you at first and I blamed it on the limiting belief of being a smoker. I shared that in, I think, episode five or six. Um, Realizing it's very superficial now that I think about it. It was you, you were scared and no one cared or so you thought slash think. But they do care, I do care, we all care. I love you and I'm here for you. I see you, I see your pretty brown eyes And your cute nose (laughs) and lips, your beautiful curls and cute little ears. I love you, Lola. You don't have to act out anymore to get attention. You have all my attention all the time. You have all of me. I am listening to you. I'm listening to my body. I'm listening to myself and my thoughts. I'm aware of negative thoughts when they come and I replace them with positive ones. God continues to renew my mind, and I heal every part of me that the world broke. I am whole. I am loved. I am chosen. I am set aside. I am highly favored. I am a child of the Most High God. I am me. That's all I wrote. If I dig a little deeper and just go beyond me listening to the core of me, which is basically all my core values, little Sylvia, and all of that together creates this person that has this voice. The hurts the pains, the love, the good stuff, the laughing. I love laughing. If anybody knows me, they know my laugh. And I just, that's why I like to laugh so much. It's medicine. It, I feel like it's, I mean, the Bible says it's good for our bones, you know? So, and it says that it's medicine. I'm listening to the people around me. I'm listening to God, really. All this work is to receive download after download and be guided in my life. Because the it says something like the, the prayers of a righteous man avail much and I'm, I'm no one to call myself righteous, but I do my best. I do my best and I walk this walk. My talk matches my walk. And that's what this journey has been all about. And I'm finally listening to myself. I'm open, I'm honest, I'm gonna be the same person, you're gonna get the same answer. No matter what we're talking about, it's, it's, it's generally gonna be the same. And like I said, this is a tough process. And being vulnerable and transparent is tough just like anything else when we put ourselves out there. I think I talked about it in the first few days of this challenge where I was fearful that nobody would care, nobody would listen and the little feedback that I have gotten has been so nice and so, such a blessing. Little, little, little like messages of encouragement that keep me going and help me figure out this process you know last night we had a membership meeting and it was about holding space and I've learned because I've learned to hold space for myself it's expanded and I've learned to hold space for other peoples other people you know I'm reminded of a prayer where a couple years ago, I just, I wanted to learn to trust God. And I would pray and ask for him to teach me to trust him. And through the process, it was actually, I think, through 2020. And through the process, I remember journaling. I'll have to find it and read it to you guys. But I remember, this such. that's the benefit of journaling and going and looking at what you wrote. I found that through that process of only asking to learn to trust and trusting God I learned to trust myself it was like a bonus in the process and I can see how the two go hand in hand now but hindsight's 2020 at the time I didn't trust myself I didn't I didn't trust the girl who made all the bad choices I didn't trust the, the girl who was now and still let herself into situations of being manipulated by people and situations in a sober state of mind. You feel me? It was one thing before, but... You know... I don't know. So... It's interesting, you know. I wish every episode could be, like, happy and chipper and I'm cracking jokes or something like that, but... I, I come in here open. I, I come in here ready to just pour out whatever has been poured into me. And I think today was just about trust, learning to trust myself and be okay with who I am thus far. Learning to appreciate all my experiences that I've been through has been a game changer. Sometimes I think about my, my time in jail. And I was there like a year and a half, two years altogether. And now when I look at it, I, I look at it as like preparation to this pandemic, to being home all the time. I was, I, I, I'm ahead of the game. Honestly, that's how I felt. And, and not only that, that I was home six months before the pandemic even happened you know I, I took disability at my job I, I wasn't sleeping I and if I did sleep I woke up in a cold sweat it was it was like it was like I was going through withdrawals and I wasn't going I wasn't taking anything it was horrible and it was real anxiety about you know because we weren't getting paid we weren't getting we were getting paid but it was late it was never on payday. it was really messed up you guys we went from uh, a decent-sized office in Culver City, you know, outpatient, 5,000 square feet. I'm the program manager, and I'm, you know, we're running a show, we have like 60 to 80 clients, and we're moving and shaking, we're bringing in money, and everything's great. And then right around the Christmas break to New Year's break, we moved. We went from Culver City to Robertson we went from on Washington to Robertson and Robertson was like five times the size it was 20,000 square feet this place was designed for therapy was designed for treatment it had been a treatment center before and we were taking over so start brand new January 2019 we're in this new office we've doubled our staff we've doubled our clients everything's great And there seems to be some sort of miscommunication or misunderstanding. I don't know what's going on with my boss and his partners. But we basically, we lose all our clients. Well, it was body brokering. I mean, they they wanted more money (laughs) for the clients. Bottom line, they wanted more money for the clients. My boss didn't pay it. But unbeknownst to me, that partner was helping a lot, and I didn't know. My boss didn't tell me. Unbeknownst to me, he paid for the furniture in this building. He paid our paychecks sometimes, you know, so God works in mysterious ways, but after we moved into that new building, we didn't get paid on our regular paycheck anymore. It was always like a week later, two weeks later, and my job was to like rally the troops, you know, keep everybody in line, keep everybody working. Even though we only had like five clients, we just had to keep moving like everything's okay. And he would tell me to, he would, my my boss would call me and he'd be like, is anybody next to you? And I'd say no. and then, But of course they all were, you know, they were all next to me trying to see what was going to happen. And he told me straight up, that he didn't have the money to lay us all off. It was pretty messed up. It was really messed up. You know, I, I, I just couldn't, I couldn't take the responsibility. Well, I mean, I could take the responsibility. It was just, it was everybody else. And the whole situation, it went from like a great place to work to what had happened. You know, I had built this team. I hired everybody personally. It was a staff of almost 25 people, you know, nurses, therapists, technicians. And I really got to help other addicts. And it was a place where I got to, you know, give my testimony all the time. I would low-key be like, I'm praying in the name of Jesus. Is that okay? Because it's private pay and it's insurance. And I didn't want some kid's parent to call me or sue because I'm praying. And so it was like a fine line. It's a fine line and I lost all that I, I lost all that my my office ended up shutting down he let everybody go and Orange County I don't know I think the IRS took it over I don't know it's crazy but so in that time where I, so that was like June of 19 so I'm on disability for six months trying to figure out my next move and but I had to really take a look at my mental health and that's really what I did in that time because listening to my body I would I would get anxiety driving and I grew up driving around here like I love to drive and not being able to drive showed me something was wrong with me and so I took the time to slow down get my mind right get my heart right and just as I was about to start getting back into the game and looking for work and everything COVID hit COVID hit so it was like man everybody was complaining about being home and they would compare being home in the pandemic to a jail cell and I know it's my perspective but sometimes it would just rub me the wrong way because it's it was always somebody who never knew what a jail cell was like and it's so absent-minded really because having experienced a jail cell and having experienced a pandemic in my own apartment this is still a palace compared to a jail cell you don't get to pick the food in a jail cell you don't get to pick when you take a shower in a jail cell they tell you when so I had to get over that in my own way because I couldn't Transfer my experience to other people, just had to be open and be compassionate for everybody's situation. And if that's what they were experiencing or that's what you experienced, then I mean, I challenge you to broaden your horizons and be thankful because not to say that somebody has it worse, but yeah, basically, somebody has it worse. And we have so much to be grateful for just by being in America and it's my husband says it to me all the time first world problems you know we don't I'm grateful for them now and I see them now but in other places people are struggling to eat people are struggling for shelter people are struggling for the things that we have programs for that go unnoticed for so long you know there's so many programs that help There's, you know, the county helps with food, with housing. They're trying to get homeless people off the street. There's so many different things here that in other places they don't have. So, you know, all that to say, I feel like it prepared me. And I've I've learned to take every situation that I've been through. And now present time, it's taught me to see the positive in things because I learned how to be grateful in those situations doing it now it's it's like it's cake it comes so natural so it's tough in the beginning to condition our mind but after a while it becomes second nature kind of like the whole wax on wax off theory you know when we teach our mind to be grateful and see the positive over time it'll be more natural and it becomes second nature and that's the type of simple things that I've done in my life to change who I am and the way I think you know every morning I wake up I get a cup of coffee it's like automatic I go to my Keurig machine and I get my phone and I go to my bible app my phone is on do not disturb but I go to my bible app and I I spend time in prayer I spend time reading the word and I do that every day in the beginning it was really hard I mean I'm, I'm eight years in doing this I've, I've done it since I started in jail I started then and <clears throat> I remember days would go by because I would go to work and I'd forget and I would have to catch up and I would just skip some and I, le- I had to learn to give myself mercy I had to learn to give myself grace that I was learning a new habit and it's okay it's going to be okay. Now I'm consistent. Now I'm consistent without a second thought. I lost my streak. Ooh, I lost my streak in the Bible app because one day I didn't open it. And I had like almost 800 days, y'all. I was like, I was so juiced because of it. I, I, oh, I missed it. Now I'm at like 40 days or something. I, I had to start over. But I'm going to get that streak again because it's it's good. And it's, it, it's how I... It's actual, like, evidence of proof of me investing in my relationship with God and investing in my spiritual bank account. You know, 2020 taught me how to invest my money, and the past seven years, I've been learning to invest in my spiritual bank account. So now I got two kinds of investments. I got my spiritual bank account, and I got my re- regular bank account. So we got to be ready You got to be ready. There's a spiritual war going on. And, you know, that's a whole nother episode that I can save for another time. Because the armor of God has gotten me through a lot. And I will save that for another episode. And, you know, thanks for listening. I think this was a short one kind of all over the place, but we'll see how you guys like it. Um, Remember to like and share, and I'll talk to you next time. Have a good one.